0: Welcome to the Buncombe Street United Methodist Church Podcast. My name is Chris Ashley. I'm the Director of Congregational Engagement here at our church and the host of this podcast each and every week. If you are just joining us for the first time, we're uh, right kind of smack dab in the middle of a series where we're looking at the Beatitudes which is a passage of scripture found in Matthew chapter five. It's the very first part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon and longest sermon found in Matthew chapters five through seven. And uh so we're yeah, so we're walking through these one by one each and every week and kind of diving into them and seeing what we can learn. And so each episode we start by reading this passage, which is Matthew five verses 2 through 12, and it says this, "'And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, "'Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness.'" Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So this week we are looking at verse 8, which says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so we'll dive into that verse here in just a minute, but I like to remind us and kind of reset each week of where we have been going during this series. So we've talked about each week that the Beatitudes, this part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus starts this first section talking about the ideal characteristics of a disciple, right? He is talking to not only his disciples, but to a large crowd of people, But he is also saying, like, hey, to be my disciple, in order to be my disciple, here are some ideal things that you can embrace, some ideal characteristics of a disciple. And the word beatitude simply means a state of utmost bliss. A state of utmost bliss, hence the blessed at uh, the—or blessed, depending how (laughs) you— You quote these Bible verses. Um, the word "blessed" at the beginning of each of these beatitudes because you are blessed. You are in a state of utmost utmost bliss if you embrace these characteristics. And I have talked about each week that uh, I used to think that this was the B attitudes, A T T I T U D E, the B attitudes, the attitudes we should be. And I think that's a good a good thing to think in mind and keep in mind. And it helps me uh, helps remind me that these are things that I should embrace. So for each of the Beatitudes, we have a specific quality of a blessed person followed by some kind of promise or reward for embracing that quality. So this week we're looking at the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. So there's two parts here, right? There's uh, the heart. What is, what is heart representative of? And there is purity. And what is the purity talking about? So I like to um, take this back to our very first Beatitude, which was blessed are the poor in spirit, because it's it's kind of reminiscent of that, right? We had poor in spirit, then we had those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful. Now we're back to the pure in heart. So that poor in spirit, pure in heart, they're, they're similar um, structure in between those two. So poor, uh, p- pure in heart, right? So heart, whereas spirit was this kind of more um ethereal idea right this this outside of ourselves idea heart is is kind of the opposite right heart is really about our desires and our affections right the things that we desire and the things that we chase after that is representative of our heart and i think that makes sense you think about um the things that you love right the things that you love in life whether it's Real romantic love, like with a spouse or a boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, whatever, or even family member, you love them with your heart, right? Your desires and your affections are cast towards that person. But even things that are a little more trivial, right? Like loving a sports team, right? I love the Greenville Triumph. I love the Tennessee Vols. I love the Boston Red Sox and the Dallas Cowboys. And like, I have these teams that I quote unquote love, right? And my desires and my affections are cast on them, and sometimes my emotions are cast on them, right? Or it could be, it could be an activity or a thing you do, like one thing that my family and I love, we love Disney World, right? We love to go to go to Disney World because it makes us happy. Our our desires and our affections are cast upon that place. And then that in turn we're looking for it to fulfill those desires and affections. So that's kind of our heart. Now our spiritual heart obviously is a little bit different and it and it's Where are we casting our desires and affections in terms of our faith? And so how do we keep our desires and affections pure? And I think one of the ways that I like to think about purity in heart is to think about impurity of heart. Like what are the things that I would say are uh, negative desires and affections of my heart, right? And I think about, I just wrote down four words, and this is not comprehensive, but this is just the first four words that came to my head, right? Hate, greed, greed lust and pride, right? These are things, these are emotions. These are things of the heart that are impure, right? Like if I'm, if I'm hating someone, I have impurity of heart. If I'm greedy or coveting of someone else, I have impurity of heart. If I'm lustful, I have impurity of heart. If I'm prideful, then I have impurity of heart. So you can look at that and kind of say the opposite of those things might be more in line with purity of heart, right? Like Instead of hate, like love. Instead of greed, generosity. Instead of lust, um, you know, genuine love and appreciation. Instead of pride, humility, right? These are the things that I think embrace this idea of purity of heart. So what does it say? When, When those are pure in heart, when we're blessed for having purity of our heart, it says we shall see God. And so I started, when I read that, my, my very first thought went to Moses up on the mountain, right? And Moses gets an opportunity to see God. He's like the one example we have in scripture of someone actually physically seeing God. And what happens, God says, you can't actually see me, see me, because if you see me, uh, you're going to die. And why is he going to die? Because he's not pure. He doesn't, he is not pure enough in heart or substance or whatever, to be able to actually physically see God, because God's holiness is so holy that any impurity will cause his death, right? So God puts his hand, God says to Moses, like, go in this crevice, uh, go in this cave, and I'm going to put my hand over the entrance, and then I'm going to walk past, and then I'm going to let you glimpse the backside. Like, I'm going to let you glimpse just like a, a reflection, a little, it's almost like a, like I think about kids, you know, and playing hide and seek. That's something that I'm I'm doing with my girls now, and you know, with kids, they they put their hands over their eyes, and what do they do? They they sneak a peek, right? They they crack their fingers, and they're they're kind of looking just a little bit, but it's not the full picture, right? And I think that's what Moses gets to experience here, right? He doesn't get the full picture because he doesn't have the purity level to see the full thing, but he gets just a crack, a little glimpse of who God really is, and so. This promise, though, is that we shall see God. If we're pure in heart, we shall see God. So, what does that mean? Well, I think that what happens is purity of heart becomes the lens to see God in the world. Right? If I'm more pure in heart, if I'm if I'm embracing, like we talked about, uh, love and generosity and humility, and um, <clears throat> and so if I'm embracing those things. Then I actually get to flip my perspective a bit, right like if i'm if I'm hateful, if I'm greedy, if I'm lustful, if I'm prideful, then I have a certain view of the world right and and this is not physical physiologically, but I'm just picturing like when those things seem like looking down type things, right? like if I'm hating someone, if I'm angry with someone, I'm like, I'm I've put myself above them and I'm looking down. If I'm greedy, I've put myself above them and I'm looking down. If I'm lustful, I've put myself as more important and I'm looking down. If I'm prideful, I've set myself up on a pedestal and I'm looking down. Whereas like the opposite of those things, love and generosity and and humility, those are those are lowering things. Those are looking up things, right? We've we've almost by lowering ourselves to a purity of heart and looking up, we are looking we're casting our eyes on Jesus, right? We're we're being able to see God. We've we've inverted our view of the world and now this purity of heart becomes a lens through which we can actually see god in things that we wouldn't normally see him in right and and that can be anything that can be in like where where do you see god in the world not in a not in a universalist sense not like well god is in a tree but like <laughs> but when i'm out in nature can i feel and connect with god and like connect with him and say like Man, I see the works of your hands, the way that David says in the Psalms, like God, I see the works of your hands and how can I not be amazed by who you are and overwhelmed and just fall on my face in worship. Right? And you can't do that without purity of heart. Like if you if you're walking around and like you just you it's just a different perspective, right? It's this lens. It's kind of um it's kind of like per, we've talked about sanctification before right we talked about john wesley's view of sanctification and how like one one way that i look at it is is as i get closer to to god vertically right i my perspective widens and i can see things that i couldn't see uh when i was further away from god and i think that's that's kind of what this is right as we purify our hearts our field of vision enlarges enlarges, right? And we can see more. So we can we can start to see the ways that God is moving and working in our world. And we can see the beauty in the world around us and the way that God has just woven this place and creation all together as the work of his hands. And it's super cool. So blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. What are the takeaways here from this beatitude? Well, obviously I think it's, it's to pursue purity of heart. And the way that you do that, right, is to place your desires and affections on him and on the things of him. So just chasing after Jesus, like wanting to spend time with him, wanting to, to desire him in every aspect of your life, wanting your affections to be on him, right? When your affections are on someone else, like when you're in a dating relationship or in in a young marriage or something your affections are on that other person you want to spend time with them you want to do things together you want to enjoy life with them you want to talk and converse and and experience things together and like it's the same way with Jesus it's the same way like if our affections are cast upon him and our desires are cast upon him we just want to be with him. Like we want, we just can't not want to spend time with him. We can't not want to learn everything we can about him and tell him everything about us. And so he, he already knows the desires of my heart. And you know, we talk about this with prayer a lot. Like if God knows everything, why do we need to pray? Well, I, I can know things that are going on. Like I know my wife well enough after 10 years of marriage to be able to tell like I can tell by the look on her face what's going on in her brain sometimes but doesn't mean I don't want her to tell me right cuz I want her to to share it with me cuz part of it is it's healthy for her to process out loud it's also good for me to hear to know to know that she trusts me enough to let me in and God feels that way about us right he knows everything we're feeling everything we're going through but he wants us to open up to him and to share with him and to show that we put our faith and trust in him to a level that we're willing to open up and be vulnerable and, and invite him in to do his work, right? So, hey, this is a great this is a this is a great one in terms of the beatitudes. I love this idea of purity in heart, and um, we've got two more um, over the next couple of weeks. So I hope you will come back next week as we talk about the peacemakers. Uh, but until next time. Grace and peace to you all.